Can we please have quiet on the set? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Kings of the Rings podcast, where we keep wrestling royal exclusively on Wrestle Addict Radio. I am your host, King Ricky Rose. Because, you know, in life, you're always told that if you work hard, if you chip away, if you plug away, if you do your job, then your moment will come, and I am sick of waiting for my moment. Also joining me each and every week is the founder, Willie T, Will Tereshock. Well, The Rock knows exactly why you did what you did at WrestleMania, because Stone Cold, you know, deep down inside, in your heart, in your soul, one-on-one, face-to-face, man-to-man, you know damn well you can't beat The Rock. And finally, Joining us each and every week is the Queen Bee herself, the Kate Murphy. How does it feel that you were expecting a man to come out here? What you weren't expecting was the man. It's time for someone you to step up, step in, and fill your shoes. And there's only one person for that job, and I think these people would agree with me that that person is me. Together, We cover all things wrestling in and outside of the ring in the only way that we know how. So, without further ado, Behold the king, the king of kings. I'm really hungry. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't have enough food for Thanksgiving, I can pretty much assure you that there is mac and cheese somewhere in the vicinity. I really if think not, so. You should... <laughs> if not, you better go out and get one. That is, you are listening to the wonderful, amazing melodies of Sarah Jane Lane who we met on our Chicago trip. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. It is me, King Ricky Rose, of the Kings of the Rings podcast, and I survived Survivor Series. And if you're looking at this video, which you will be looking at on Patreon, you can see that I have the Workman's title, the Intercontinental title, the pure white Intercontinental title, just like Cody Rhodes intended it to be, because I have accomplished, along with Will, going to all of the major big four pay-per-views, and it ended at Survivor Series. Of course, you can find me on social media at Ambassador Biggs, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. Still on Bumble for the time being. Might be calling it quit soon. Although, again, another state, another place where I am absolutely on fucking fire. Yeah, me too. Um, that was fun. weird. <laughs> Come back to New York. No. Fun. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Find Kings of the Rings podcast by subscribing to Wrestle Addict Radio on all places where you listen to your podcast on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Our Heart Radio, Stitcher, 
from people who still use Stitcher. Go ahead. Me. We're there, I do. We're there as well. Um, find Wrestle Addict Radio social at addict underscore wrestle on Twitter and Wrestle Addict Radio on Facebook and Instagram. Find Kings of the Rings podcast social at KOTR underscore podcast on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. And where would I be? Probably still stuck in Hoboken with a flat tire. Oh. With my with my running partner from throughout all of the Midwest, um, and then some, Mister, what the fuck are you doing, Mister Will Tarashock? How are you, sir? I'm the arbiter. Is it the arbiter hands, Ricky? Oh, I, I see. <laughs> I see. You really? We gotta stop doing you really shows. Just stop downloading the old Halo. We, we gotta stop doing shows when my f- favorite video oh, games all time being like being released. No, no, no. I'm being the arbiter. I am the arbiter. <laughs> It looks really silly. Yeah, it sounds it. ridiculous on audio because all stop, I'm doing is this. Stop replaying Halo. I mean, it's still a download, guys. Let's show how you the fuck up so I can download. If you want to find me You look like Halo, Zoidberg from Futurama. If you have like Zoidberg. <laughs> if you want to play, play Halo Reach with your boy, go to Discord and type in Charlie Tuna and you will find me playing Halo Reach or Red Dead Redemption until Christmas comes up. My brother gets me Jedi Fallen Order. So... It is going to be a very productive few weeks for me, as you can tell. But of course, it's me, it's me, it's Willie T. I pretty much have a brand new car at this point with an oil change and four new tires. Um, but we made it. Look Ricky. at you. You know, I said when I, when I started this journey. Surprisingly enough, we made it. I said when I started this journey, I want to see the country. I want to see the country. Let me tell you, the country is dark. <laughs> it's very, very, very dark. dark. Especially at two in the morning. Especially two, so dark. Who thought Pennsylvania was so dark at two in the morning? We came back and it was daytime. Dark. I was like, where did all these mountains come from? <laughs> There's a river here? What? It's really scary at night. Yo, it's uh, not scary at all when you can't see shit. You can find me everyone on social media at Will Tarashuk, T as in Thomas, A R A S H U K. Don't add me on Twitter, I don't tweet. I think the last time I tweeted was CM Smiley, it was a retweet. It doesn't even count. Uh, Instagram, the game of Instagram notification. You can see me lounging on, on the Jordan throne. It was amazing. And see the original Hooters. Um, and all the arenas and a football game we went to where my toesies were freezing off. But Kate Murphy, while my toesies were freezing off, I missed you so much. How are you, my love? Oh, my fucking God. I miss you so much. I am doing good, guys. It is me, the Queen Bee, the Kate Murphy. You can find me on Instagram at the Kate Murphy. You can find me on Twitter at underscore the Kate Murphy. And you can find me still watching Disney+. Plus. It's been, what, three weeks? I watched all you of Boy You finished Me- all of Boy Meets World. I watched Boy Meets World in a week. I started my new job. I am slinging lattes again. All is right with the world. And everybody's back on the show finally. <laughs> yes, yes. We are back from all of our adventures through the Midwest, up and down the East Coast, slinging lattes and, uh, you know, all of that fun shit. So we are back. Um, and so let's get this started. So let's talk a little bit about the things that have been going on since the last time we actually legitimately podcasted together. So as you know, Will and I went on an adventure into the Midwest for the first time ever. So we want to talk about some of the highlights and lowlights and all the money that we spent on Ubers. So Will, where do you want to start? Yeah, man. Like if you're comparing Chicago and New York, you gotta, you gotta, I came back to New York and I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to share in this subway system again. I am never, ever <laughs> going to make fun of this subway system again. Because even when it's broken down, it's better than paying for all of those Ubers. I literally paid for like two months of Metro cards and Ubers. <laughs> like, did you guys I'm, not I'm take public transport at all in Chicago or did you only Uber? No. There was no I did point. the train once in, in Chicago and it was fine. It was actually very similar to New York, but cleaner. 
But like, here's the thing: all the places we needed to go, there were no trains by. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that That's the problem. There wasn't enough stops. I mean, I'm sure this service is fine. Although it's very weird, like the platform is like on the middle of the rails and the highway. And we we're driving by. I was like, wow. I I this is different. I'm like, there's too many ways to kill yourself on that platform. <laughs> yeah, I had to take the train from the from the airport. So when we landed in O'Hare, I had to take a bus. No, I had to take a train for 30 minutes, and then I had to take a bus to get to the Airbnb. <clears throat> yeah, no, we didn't do that. Uh, we drove in, you know, obviously. And my first, in my first impression of as we were in Chicago and going through Chicago, I was like, wow, this is just exactly like they did it in Watch Dogs. <laughs> like just the like amount of watchdogs like watch Ricky dropped on me. It's like, dude, I haven't played this game in four years. I don't remember, but sure. <laughs> hack, hack that stop sign right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make it make a sewage explode. Um, but like going through Chicago, I was like, wow, this is just like what? Like they did a great job. Like play Watchdogs again, and you'll be like, holy shit, this is legitimately like Chicago. You could probably find our hotel there as well. Oh my god, that was a great hotel. First of all, that egg sandwich. It looks first beautiful. Of all, shout out, oh, shout out to Bryce, the uh, the front desk reception dude. Yep. Uh, for helping us out in the clutch. Okay. <laughs> so so we got there. We we kind of uh, got there real early. Way early, like, yeah, way gonna... earlier than expected. <laughs> <laughs> like a full day earlier than expected. <laughs> we left at eight, showed up at six the next morning. Jesus. To to blistering wind. Yeah, dude, I got I got out and I was like, oh, this is the windy city for a reason. <laughs> You'll hear me sniffling. Thanks, Chicago, you asshole. In your in your backwards flowing river. <laughs> yeah. So we, we we came out the blistering wind. Uh, we we the security guard has to let us in because you know it's six in the morning and people are still fucking sleeping on a Friday. Um, and we're just like, hey, we just drove ten hours. We're really cold. We're really tired. We know we're here dumb early. Is there anything you can do for us? He's well. You have two options. One, I can legitimately just take your money and you wait till three p.m. to check in, or two. We, I take more of your money, have you pay for an extra day, um, and you guys get to sleep. And we we're like, how much is an extra day? He's like, well, here's what it usually is. And But then pretty much, I can't tell you what happened, but more so, Bryce cut us a deal. <laughs> and yeah, we took did. that deal <laughs> and ran with it. I was like, how much is that? <laughs> yeah, I'll sleep on that. <laughs> I crashed. <laughs> Because me, me and Ricky did not switch. When I say I don't like people driving my car, I fucking mean it. I drove that whole way, no problem, no complaints. Just played my music the entire way and some stand-up How comedy. How did you not snap, was, though? I was very impressed. That, well, because we, we took breaks. Not breaks, but, like, we switched up. It was, like, between listening to his god-awful music um, to listening to comedians and podcasts and then talking about random shit. Will, Will has learned a lot about my shenanigans. Back when I was younger. Yeah, Ricky, Ricky went on two straight hours of it was like Ricky, Ricky, Ricky Rose, this is your life. Except he did all the talking. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. So we 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 varied up our options. We only stopped once for gas. Yep. And that's when I think we just reboosted. We like had a sugar rush and then just flew through Chicago. On the way back though, I'm not gonna lie, I, I kinda dozed off like once or twice. <laughs> 
Like, well, that's when, that's when we pulled over yeah, and took breaks. No, so. I, I pulled over. It's like I just need some air. I gotta fake go to the bathroom and just force <laughs> out a little bit, force out a little tinkle, and just wake up again. Because like Ricky, when you would when you would fall asleep and start snoring, it would make me want to fall asleep yeah. and start snoring. <laughs> no. I was like, I just like I I was like I need to pull over right now. So I'm not gonna make it. But like when Ricky was up and we were talking, I was I was fine and I was uppity listening to my fantastic music. Ricky, the Crimson Chin players was popping the entire way. Whatever, whatever. It was okay. It had its high and low points. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Um, especially when you play the fucking Hootie and the Blowfish. That did happen. You listen to Hootie and the Blowfish? Yeah. Only the one song. I, it's it. There's, I right, so it's, it's not that song. The other no, one. not that one. Not that one. No, not that one. It's uh, it's coming from an old, old show from which the OG queen of the Valkyrie would know about if she ever, if she still listens to this. Um, it, it happened to be her favorite fucking episode. Um, because Will wouldn't shut the fuck up about this one no, song. No, no, that was not Hootie and the Blowfish. That was Stone Temple Pilots. It was, uh, on a Sunday uh, afternoon. And he kept playing <laughs> it over and over and over again, no matter what we did. Yep. It was, oh, You know what it God, was? God, that, you know what it was? That was like back in the day when Dave would get really easily agitated, and I knew he was getting agitated, <laughs> so I just did it more because it was just a gimmick and it was hilarious. <laughs> and like, you were agitated, but you were just like, oh, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to talk wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. And it's really funny because Will tried to get me agitated from it on the way back, and he's like, you remember this song? And I'm like, I don't know what this is. He's like, wait for it. And he's like, on a Sunday afternoon, I was like, what is this from? And I just pissed Will off more. He's like, damn it! Oh. <laughs> I was like, you have to remember. <laughs> he just, he just totally no-sold it. And I'm, I'm literally just realizing you no-sold it and you, you actually remembered. <laughs> you asshole. No, I, re- I remember that when you said uh, on a Sunday afternoon, I was like, oh, nope, I'm, I'm not going to give him the satisfaction. Oh, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, but that was all of us on the road. When we got to Chicago, Chicago's an amazing town. Uh, we had some pretty awesome Uber drivers for the most part. That first guy, that, that, first, that first kid was 10 out of 10. The doctor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the doctor from, where is from the Middle East, right? Yeah, he's like Iranian or something. Yeah. That's, the prob- that's from the probably Middle East, wrong, the- but he's, he was from around there. Yeah, we had the other guy who went to the University of Alabama when we were going to the football Dude, game. he was annoying and he smelled. I liked him. Oh. He was cool. He was funny. Um, I, my favorite was man. the comedian. You have to like Bama. Will, you like Bama now. You like Bama. I'm just like, all right, dude, I like Bama. And then, uh, Kate, for the, hoodie, the hoodie song was Let Her Cry. I don't know. I'll play. I'll play it. I'll, I'll, end, I'll end with Hootie. When I <laughs> went to Chicago, we had a Lyft driver that it was her fourth day being a Lyft driver. Oh my god! It was terrifying. So she had to drive us from the city. Our Airbnb is like a half hour out of the city. Ooh. So we had to be <laughs> on the highway with this crazy woman. So she circled the block like four times because she couldn't figure it out. And we're like, "Hi, like we're here." And then I I had to sit up front with this woman, and then my the people I were with were in the back, and. She starts, so I was asking her, I'm like, oh, like, what What made you want to become, like, an Uber driver, blah, 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 or a Lyft driver, rather? And she goes, I started being a Lyft driver to cure my road rage. And I go, what? 
That's amazing. And then she and then she starts telling telling me about how people get out get into fights on the highway because of road rage. Like you can get shot on the highway in Chicago. Yes, you could. And I'm just and I'm sitting next to this woman. I go, oh my god, I'm gonna die in this car. <laughs> yeah, that was the day I went to pro wrestling tees, and that was my lift on the go leaving pro wrestling tees. The woman that almost killed uh, us. Our comedian guy was better. Yeah, our our comedian guy was. He's like, hey man, bro, you guys give me material, yo. We're like, I know, I'm aware, <laughs> I know what I'm doing. <laughs> he, yeah, he was working a stick with us that he has horrible short term memory. Oh my god! And then, <laughs> and then, and like, then I it's a thought that counts. But I was like, well, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it's a thought that counts, but that wouldn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> and then we told him as we were getting, I was like, "Wow, you know, you know, next time you do your stick, if you ever get famous, we're gonna, we're gonna come to your show and be like, hey, do you remember us?'" And then we just realized that you're not you're going, not going to. to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was a good guy. I'll- tips, tips to that guy. He gave us our best discussion of the of the weekend. Like, if we did a biopic on Vince McMahon, who would we be after? Oh my god, that's an amazing question. Yeah, I, I, it is I, a great I, discussion. Came, I came to the realization it's only one man that can possibly do it. That's Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> it, it, it has to be a method actor. It is only one method actor that is good enough to play Vince McMahon. And it's Daniel Day Lewis. I'm sorry, he was Lincoln. <laughs> All right, he was that guy from There Will Be Blood, and he's Vince McMahon. Those three are pretty much alike. <laughs> Not at all, but okay. Where they oh, wait like oh. fifty years and then. <coughs> Although Vince McMahon was, I'm mean, not Vince McMahon. Abe Lincoln was a wrestler. That's true. Excuse me. Abe Lincoln was a was a professional wrestler. They also think he was gay. Potentially. That I heard. It's possible. That Lincoln but I mean, was if you're in politics between like the Roman Empire <laughs> up until like the Civil War, there's some little gay shit going on somewhere. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Everyone was gay back then. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that reminds you of the South Park um, song, Getting Gay with Kids. Getting oh, yeah. gay with kids is here. <laughs> kids is here. <laughs> Save the rainforest. <laughs> <laughs> oh they had God. like the, uh, the boy band voice. <laughs> Getting gay with kids is here. <laughs> oh my god that was uh amazing oh then, um, then we also had the we, 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 also, we took malort shots <laughs> oh my god the malort shot that bar was awesome by that the way that was a solid bar but malort yeah shots. don't ever take a malort oh shot oh my Ugh. god kate you should be happy you don't drink anymore because i was just malort- gonna say <sighs> i saw your snapchat and it made me but well, not the snapchat uh the instagram story and i was very glad i don't drink anymore I have a video of your my lord face. I have a video of your my lord face. Well, it's cool. <sighs> yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like the opposite of an O face. Apparently, Chicago makes great poutine. Yeah. Which which was pretty awesome, um, in and of itself. Um, we also went to a beer cade, which was amazing. I had a drink made with applesauce. Yum. Yeah, we can get some really good it? cocktails. Uh, custom cocktails are amazing. I mean, we also had a lot of craft beer, too, which is great, too. Yeah. All the games like, are free. Yeah. And we'll, we'll find out he can shoot hoops. 
I'm a really shitty hoop. Interesting. I, I, I can shoot arcade hoops. We just gotta, you gotta bank it off the back. We just gotta bank off the backboard as hard as you can. Yeah. 81, baby. But Will's really bad at pinball. Oh, I suck at pinball. <laughs> and when you have, un- when you, and when you have unlimited lives, everyone's good at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> That's very true. We played that game for a long time. We beat it, dude. We had to beat it. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, what a fantastic trip. And that's just some of the highlights. We didn't talk about that awesome breakfast that we had at the hotel every day. Yeah. And those mimosas that were pretty much champagne nah, and dude, that, minimal that, that, Okay, Kate Murphy. Yes, Bloody Mary had bacon and shrimp in it. What the fuck? Oh, my God. It was phenomenal. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And they had a, and they like, they made their own donuts. Mm. Gluten free. Chicago, I had the greatest breakfast of my entire life. I went to this brunch place called Orange, and I had green eggs and ham for breakfast. Aren't you glad you went there? Yes, I was. (laughs) Although this is a wrestling podcast, we need we need to stop talking about Chicago for a little bit and how Will and I uh, saw uh, saw two people, two families fight on the Willis Tower. Which is actually pretty comical because, like, guys, it's just a just a picture. But it is what it is. Um, we did go there for a purpose. Um, besides, I have deep dish pizza. We did go for Survivor Series weekend, and overall, uh, from a wrestling standpoint, Survivor Series was fucking amazing. Agreed. <laughs> did you? Were you really blowing your nose when I threw you? When I threw that to you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking ass. Dude, Chicago gave me a cold. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's been like a week. I know. I'm fucking aware. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but Survivor Series was great. Uh, I I understand now why Chicago, why WWE in and of itself uses the Allstate Arena because Lord Almighty, that place is loud and they have some of the best lemonade i've ever tasted <laughs> ever at any arena whatsoever um it's a very small arena uh the seats suck mm-hmm. <laughs> like really badly but from an acoustic so standpoint perfect we were all uncomfortable although you made friends with one of the people that we sat next to three out of four days like the uh the asian guys yeah, but I, had, I had to move i had to move i had to move because <laughs> this dude is this fat dude and his girlfriend was sitting next to us <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it was an uncomfortable situation for the most part but otherwise the wrestling was great the like the arena was so so pretty easy to get to all state arena is a weird arena because there's like apartments and then all of a sudden there's an arena in the middle of it yeah. Yeah, it literally looked like a mall. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, but as Will keeps blowing his goddamn nose, and I'm trying to throw it to him at some point to get his opinions on how Survivor Series went, <laughs> we'll throw it over to Kate. Kate, what was your thoughts on Survivor Series um, from just watching it on the network? It translated very, very well on TV. Like all the effects <laughs> and everything looked great. The stage looked great. The crowd was hot we got four days of pyro it's amazing yeah oh, i'm not gonna lie four what, days that i as much as it was cool being there in person being there live kind of ruined the fiend for me i'm not gonna lie like his his <laughs> entrance was a little hard to see um it works much better on tv 
Uh, the But I will say the red light, not as bad in person. Ricky, you were right. It's not as bad in person. Awful on TV. But on, I can't go around fucking SmackDown. Bray Wyatt was in the corner. This is some doofus with a, waving a flashlight. And then the outside of the ring, I was like, dude, I can see you. Stop it. It ruined the mystique for me. But other than that, that, yeah. that Kevin Owens pop was... The loudest thing I've ever oh, heard in my life. My it was really loud on TV. Yeah. Yeah. The, oh, oh my God. That KO pop. Last person I thought about would ever show up. Totally took us by surprise. Uh, another great moment. The pop when Rey Mysterio and Dominic hit the double 619. Yep. That yeah. was a special moment. That, that was awesome. And yeah, yeah, and they got the double pit on Brock, and I was like, "Oh my god, they're gonna win!" And it was so believable. And then he kicked out. I was like, "Son of a bitch!" It was great, son. It was great. It was. It delivered. It, was great. it delivered. Survivor oh, Series fucking the- delivered. As much as the main event was lackluster, and I think uh, misplaced, they sort of swapped the men's and women's match at the end. They should have ended with Roman and Keith Lee, um, because it sets up for more, makes the audience wanting more, as opposed to the audience kind of leaving. It's kind of like, eh. <clears throat> but that's armchair quarterbacking. They hindsight dug their heels in. That was problem. Yeah. yeah. Hindsight's twenty twenty. But exactly. But over and not, let's not let's forget the SmackDown and the NXT invasion during the SmackDown go home. Unbelievable. Then we got the DX afterwards. <laughs> yes, the, the thousands in attendance and the millions watching at home. But kind of not really because the show's already over. But I feel like there's somebody out there with a cell phone <laughs> that's streaming this right now to Twitter. <laughs> so we're so we're kind of live right now, but not really. In a few minutes, so millions watching around the world. <laughs> <laughs> so so good. I still got it, man. That DX as a uh, as part of like you know a dark segment of the go home show was perfect. Mm-hmm. They redid the invasions angle the way they wanted to have seen it done. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Got my money's worth on all four shows. Definitely. Uh, so overall, um, let's just rate our shows really quick. So uh, Survivor Series for me was a 9 out of 10. And War Games was just 9.5 out of 10. I think War Games just had a better ending. Yeah, I agree. War Games is definitely a 9.5. I'll give Survivor Series a nine as well. Um, I can't, the only thing I can really pick holes is just the match placement. The match placement on Survivor Series was very weird. It was very odd. Um, it's hard. It, it, it's also a very hard show because like we were, making, we were talking about something on the way back. There was no yeah. like ebbs and flows. There was no time for downtime because every match was like a marquee match with a star in it. So... Yeah, and everything almost meant something. Yeah, and like, like, where would you put it? You wouldn't put Brock and Ray at the ends. That that wouldn't fit. Um, you know, Becky, Shayna, Bailey was, I think, the right call going into it because I think on TV that's what they spent the most time building towards, most video packages, most segments. Um, they put a lot of time invested into it, but it just it fell flat. They didn't have good chemistry at that point. The crowd didn't really care. And the crowd was exhausted after Ray and Brock. You know, I disagree with that because the crowd stood enough energy to boo it and shit on it and chant and chant CM Punk. So I'm not buying that whole thing that the crowd was tired. Because if they were tired, they wouldn't have done. Oh, guess who didn't show up? CM, CM Punk, Punk didn't Punk, show up because he's um, a Fox employee and it's the show's in L.A. 
yeah. stupid Chicago. And like, you know, the main event also kind of built up like, all right, you, you expected someone to come back and attack Becky, like a Nia Jax or specifically a Ronda Rousey. And when it didn't happen, the fans kind of stuff going like, well, that was stupid, which, which it was. It was a stupid mm. ending. Um, no, it was a perfect ending. It's the ending you wanted. Your objective for Survivor Series uh, this year was make NXT look strong and have leave, leave Survivor Series be like, wow, NXT is good, if not better than some of the shows on the main roster, solidifying NXT as the third brand and getting your viewership of NXT up, which, by the way, NXT crushed, like Rusev crushed um, AEW this past week. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So. That, that is 100% true. The overall goal of Survivor Series... <laughs> Mission accomplished, but specifically for that yeah. main event, fell flat. I think people really wanted Ronda to show up, like wistful thinking, and we kind of all thought, oh, Ronda's going to show up. This makes perfect sense when it actually fucking doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> One know. of the main reasons I thought Ronda was going to come back was because, like, Total Divas, like, they're building towards the quote unquote Ronda Rousey retirement. So if they're trying to, like, tie the two things, like, together. <sighs> See, if they would have aired Ronda retiring before Survivor Series, then yes, it would have made sense. But it hasn't aired yet. Yeah. So you don't you don't really have any continuity there. But we can break that down a little bit more in depth when we come back. Let's take a quick commercial break. Um, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about War Games, Survivor Series, a little bit more in depth, a lot more details, um, who was hot, who was not. And then we're going to go to a little bit of AEW and the battle for a really shitty diamond ring. So all of that when we come back. Hey, guys, it's the Princess of Pro Wrestling, SoCal Val. You are listening to Wrestle Attic Radio. I'm sending all the love from California. What's up, everyone? This is Mike number two of the Kings of the Rings podcast, a.k.a. Will Tarashuk, a.k.a. the founder, a.k.a. the proprietor. And you guys, do you have $5? I'm employed now, so I can afford $5 a month. And if you can afford just five American dollars a month, that's an Abraham Lincoln, not the brass one. You can get some great content on our Wrestle Addict Radio Patreon page with awesome content, including Wrestle Wars, where me, yours truly, goes back to the Monday Night Wars and goes week by week and see who really won in my scoring system. You have Watch the Throne with our own King Ricky Rose and a bunch of other content, mainly Jeff talking about his tattoos. So join us for $5 a month on the Wrestle Addict Radio Patreon page. You won't regret it. You're going to love it. And we're going to love having you. Peace. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, JC Bones, the host of the Fourth Wall WrestleCast, and you're listening to the Kings of the Rings podcast, the resident royalty of Wrestle Addict Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Kings of the Rings podcast exclusively here on Wrestle Addict Radio. So let's break down NXT TakeOver War Games and Survivor Series, starting with War Games and I'm almost speechless from that show because that show was damn near perfect. Um, there was very minimal low points, but everything would, that was done there had a purpose. Um, every surprise meant something. Every move meant something. And I'm also surprised that Adam Cole's fucking alive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Adam Cole no, a trip no, to Disney no. World. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Marvin Nala with the Jesus no. <laughs> One of the greatest calls in wrestling history. No, Jesus no. Oh my God. Well, let's start. Let's start with the women's 
um take the women's war games match the first ever women's war games match which ironically only had potentially six participants because dakota kai decided to lose her shit that's all it needed, on Tegan that's all it needed. <laughs> you know this this was this was an example of um right place uh wrong time i guess right place right time because you know poor mia yim couldn't be in the match i'm assuming for legitimate reasons it wasn't oh. a storyline she broke her nose she did break her nose <laughs> But, like, yeah. I, I, I kind of saw as Dakota, Dakota, Dakota Kai heel turn coming a few weeks ago, as I figured what most people did, that it was going to come eventually. Mm-hmm. But talk about the perfect opportunity for her to turn heel, because that heel turn was elevated tenfold by happening on the takeover in a kind of a surprise move, as opposed to this happening on NXT TV. It was... Also, props to the writers for taking that opportunity exactly. too. Exactly, it was it was fucking amazing because I I I didn't think she was gonna turn heel that night, but thank God she did because I didn't give a shit about Dakota Kai. Now I'm buying a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but yeah, I, I want to. I was a lot to. more interested in her in NXT this week because of her heel turn. Exactly. Yeah, something about something about her aggression. Like it's not like she turned heel. She wanted to kill her. Oh yeah. <laughs> like she wanted to kill her. For some reason, that was a massive turn on. <laughs> like I was like, wow, you're now interesting and you're really attractive. Work. I want more. Sign me up. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, she is. It's this is just what she needed because. She was. It's it's almost like Dakota Kai was trying to be even. They were trying to make Dakota Kai a new Bailey. Yeah, and it wasn't working. And now, and now she's the new Bailey at all. <laughs> and now she's a better Bailey. And now she's the new Bailey. They <laughs> <laughs> should do Dakota Kai versus Bailey. <laughs> no, they should be. Uh, they should be a tag team, the anti huggers. I like yeah, that. I mean, the anti huggers. Honestly, though, oh. for me, the biggest tip off that Dakota Kai was turning that night is her hair was curly. Yes, her hair was unkempt. Yeah, like she always has her hair like super flat and straight. And then I saw like, oh, mm-hmm. her hair's curly. It looks good. Bitch is turning. And turn she did. Oh, yeah. See, I feel bad for Tegan Knox. I don't. I don't really know who she is. Um, one thing I will say. With She's the one that tore her ACL on the uh, May Young Classic. I know. I know that. Um. Here's the thing with the women's war games match. Uh, the men's match was, I guess I say the men's match comparing it to the women's match. Uh, the men's match was better for spots and like surprises and like action and shit. But the women's oh. match storytelling was phenomenal. Like starting off with EO and um, Candice, great. You know, EO doing the moonsault, great. Um, the heel turn. That moonsault's going to be shown forever and ever. Yep. Mm-hmm. The heel turn. That's a, that's a picture perfect moonsault. The heel turn, 10 out of 10. And Rhea Ripley coming out like Jesus Christ herself um, <laughs> was just <laughs> unbelievable. I didn't think there was a chance in hell she was going to win. And then she did beat Shayna Baszler. She. She handcuffed Shayna Baszler in Shayna Baszler's own move. And it was like, now we're stuck together, which, by the way, is great symbolism for an, for an, for an impending feud. Like, we're going to be stuck together in the annals of time. And then she hits her with a riptide through two chairs, which, by the way, those chairs didn't give at all. Like, Shayna was slammed through those chairs. And Rhea wins. It was a fantastic way to start the show. I lost my fucking mind. Y'all know I'm a huge Rhea Ripley, Mark. 
You know who we were, Will and I were a big fan of. So there was this girl who cosplayed as Rhea Ripley, like a section over from us. And oh, she she did a good job. She looked better than the actual Rhea Ripley. <laughs> I don't know about that. She's just smaller than the actual Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Because Rhea Ripley's a really tall Rhea Ripley woman. Is, like, Rhea Ripley is uh, scary in person, but Ricky showed me pictures before she was scary. I was like, oh my God, she's like, she looked so different before she went like badass. <laughs> she. She yeah, she went before she cut her hair and like she was all smiley and happy go lucky. She was hot. And then she's like, Well, yeah, she and she still is hot. She's just, you know, she's just a scarier version she's of hot. She's so now. hot. <laughs> Calm it down over there, Kate Murphy. <sighs> uh then we moved on. What else happened? What what happened? And we had uh, we had Riddle versus the Prince Balor, who's not really just a prince. He's just kind of Finn saying he's a prince. Yeah, and everyone calls him <laughs> Prince now. Yeah, which is kind of weird, but I mean, my favorite highlight from that match obviously was Riddle mocking Goldberg. Yeah, that was pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Because Riddle and Goldberg legitimately hate each other. If you saw, I forgot what special that was. Was it It Goldberg's special? It was Goldberg's 24. Yeah, Goldberg's 24, and he, he runs the Riddle in the hallway, and it's the most awkward conversation I've ever seen. Because, like, they want to talk shit to each other, but they know we're on network TV, so they can't talk shit to each other. So, like, hey. And, like, hey, how you doing? I'm all right. You know who I am? Yeah, I know who you are. <laughs> you can feel so, yeah, the tension. Oh, it's so bad. I just it's so awkward. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, it's painful if I was, to watch. If I was the cameraman, I would have been laughing, and I would have been fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So, Kate, you have to explain this to me. Uh, why does Riddle and Goldberg hate each other? Like, where does this stem from? Um, on it's Twitter. Um, after I think it was Goldberg in Saudi Arabia, one of those train wrecks. What was it? Yeah. Undertaker and Goldberg was that very bad. Yeah, that was the very very bad one, right? Yes. After I think Undertaker and Goldberg in Saudi Arabia, uh, Matt Riddle started talking like mad shit about Goldberg and his move set. How he does two things. Oh, and Goldberg didn't like that too much. Correct. Well, I mean, it's the same thing Jericho did when they were in WCW, mm-hmm. and Jericho was right. You know, uh, but moving along in that, we had the triple threat um, between Killian Dane, Damian Priest, and Pete Dunne. Uh, great spots, better storytelling. Uh, Damian Priest's first takeover, which is a great spot to be in. Um, Killian Dane's like 7,000 takeover and of course Pete Dunne being Pete Dunne in Chicago really good thing to be Pete Dunne in Chicago because Pete Dunne puts on shows in Chicago um, then you had oh my god it was right it was a four match card and then you had the men's main event um, the men's war game uh, which lord almighty what destruction what was interesting about the men's war game was that even though there was a lot more spots they really only used one weapon and the weapon was a shit ton of tables uh-huh. where in the women's match they used handcuffs um kaylee ray got uh got spiked out of the air with a trash can <laughs> um there was a ton of chairs and in the men's match they just used tables and they just used wrestling moves uh, and the cage itself as, as weaponry for war games. And it was so brutal. It balanced the whole pay-per-view nicely, though, because the women did not use tables. Yeah. We kept asking for tables, and we were, and they didn't give us tables at all. You so the men gave us all the tables instead. 
Yuna was, it was a little more believable. That's the word I'm going to use. Um, cause okay. like I'm going to compare this to some AEW shit right now. Cause AEW has all these high spots, all these crazy moves, monkey flips, super kicks, weapons and whatnot. And they kick out mm-hmm. and then get up. And then five minutes later, they're the ones doing all the crazy shit. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's like how it just, it takes you out of the realm of believability. They're kicking out of all this bullshit and then they're not selling. Suspension of disbelief. Yeah. They're not selling. Like by the end of this match, no one was moving <laughs> like until the show was off the air. All right. And even then they weren't moving. Um, like the show was off the air and people were still on the floor. Yeah. Like they did a good job of selling. Like when, when um, someone had a high spot, like once Kevin Owens got the Canadian destroyer on the side of the ramp, he didn't move until his final spot when he did the frog splash. Uh, or the same with yeah. Keith Lee. Keith Lee got the shit kicked out of him, and he didn't move until he did his final spot. Same with Cole, same with Ciampa. So, like, they they sell more. That's the difference between NXT and AEW. And why NXT is better? Because it's it's a fair mixture of the craziness and high spots and storytelling of the AEW does in their wrestling and the selling and the slow pace of regular WWE. Yeah, I, I could agree with NXT that. NXT is the perfect hybrid of the kind of wrestling you want because it's it's like even in a triple threat match, like these guys are beating the shit out of each other, but the selling <laughs> and the time in between was believable. Like when when they have like when they have a rebound and like they kick someone, they immediately fall to the mat and they're waiting and the crowd eats it up and they're cheering to get them up again. They kind of get that second win from the uh, energy of the crowd, you know, in kayfabe. Yeah, like AEW doesn't do yeah. that. It's just high spot, high spot, high spot, high spot, high spot, high spot, high spot. No selling. It's just go, 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 go. Yeah. 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 And uh, speaking of like selling, boy, did the production and everybody in the back really sell the crowd before that KO entrance. Because we got word last minute that Ciampa said, oh, we found somebody. We don't know if they're going to show up, but the word is out for them. And so now everybody's like, who the fuck is it going to be? Because we didn't know. They had no clue. Pat McAfee's short word, dumbass self, didn't reveal it on the pre-show. Thank the Lord. Um, I was shocked, honestly. (laughs) He's not good. He's so annoying. (sighs) He's better when he's just a rambling psychopath in the crowd, Mm -hmm. which is what he was before before, uh, TakeOver started. I, I went to the Sears Tower. They said it's the Willis Tower. I said it's the Sears Tower. <laughs> I was like, shut up. Shut up. This makes no sense. Um, but when that final countdown hit, that the production team in the back waited at least 30 seconds yeah, 30 before seconds. they did anything. Because we were all standing up like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Who's going to come out? And then all of a sudden, we got to the point where we were like, oh, they're trolling all of us. We're about to boo the shit out of this main event. And then KO's music hit. It's, and it was beautiful. It's what Vince always says. We're going to make him wait, pal. <laughs> make him wait. Because everybody, like, I looked over at Will. Will had his hand on his head. He was like, what? Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I lost my mind. Kevin Owens lost his mind. (laughs) The best part about that was that KO came back in the original NXT duct tape KO shirt. And that's what made the moment for me. Because it was like unlocking a hidden character. 
Oh, <laughs> like a new game. Oh, You've unlocked 2013 oh, Kevin Owens. Oh, that's solid, Ricky. That's a good one. Because <laughs> <laughs> he just he came in like a badass out of hell, um, and just beat the shit out of everybody. It was absolutely amazing. You could tell that Kevin Owens was so happy to be back. And according to an interview he did recently, he said that he's always fucking with Triple H. Be like, hey, if you ever need a, you ever need someone to uh, fill fill in on NXT, I'm I'm your man. Whatever he he said, he always sends that text to Triple H like every week. But he said a couple weeks before Takeover, when they found out Gargano could not go, Triple H actually responded well. He goes, well, uh, we actually might need you. He's like, let me get back to you. And and KO was like, what? <laughs> okay and surprisingly yeah and surprisingly ko was backstage like they didn't hide his presence he was like one of the guys and for some and somehow some way it never leaked that he was the surprise entrant into war games which i find very fascinating That's impressive in, in this day and age like he wasn't hidden in a truck or he wasn't in a bus or anything that they rushed him back in he was just walking around backstage Dude, you know what would have been brilliant if they showed him in the crowd beforehand, like, like they had, like, like, like they had Imperium there. Like if Kevin Owens was just there and then he was the guest entrance, they'd have him in a suit. And then he was just, just yeah. the pop. Do you imagine? That would be nuts. He like rips off his suit. Yeah. And he's in his gear. Oh, that was great. Let's talk about real quick. That final spot. That air raid from the top of the cage. As gruesome as it looked, when you look back at it, Tommaso Ciampa, who has legitimate neck problems, um, couldn't have protected Adam Cole any better. He was very snug on Adam Cole's like back and the top of his neck to the point where Adam Cole's neck and head didn't even hit. Yeah, that 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 floor at all. Adam Cole's like, thank God you didn't skip skip your biceps. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I love how, on, on you know the cameraman shot on Britt Baker in the crowd, um, which was a, which is a big point that they actually called up Britt Baker. Well, Triple H was like, well, pff, gotta call it. She's there. <laughs> so Mar was like, hey, that's Britt Baker, Adam Cole's girlfriend, because um, Britt Baker's uh, face was uh, she was shocked <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's like she didn't know it was coming. <laughs> So um, I think I had the discussion with Will in the uh, in the car, maybe in one of our Ubers. I was like, "Would you have told your girlfriend you were going to take that spot?" No, no, you can't. Ah, <laughs> uh, what a moment! Um, and I also had this. Uh, I had this uh, discussion. I think with Kate when we got back. Um, and I don't think I had the discussion with with you, Will. Do you think she was allowed backstage? Yeah, we had, this, we had a discussion. I do. We did have this. We did. Okay. Yeah. Um, because why not? Like, I there's there's literally no harm in having her come backstage. True. I mean, like, maybe it's 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 your it's your it's your uh, significant other. It's not like she has bad blood with the company. You know what I mean? It's not like it's uh, she's never with the Seth company. Rollins' exactly. ex girlfriend. <laughs> it's not like Tessa Blanchard. Yeah, like you know exactly. <laughs> And the thing I had brought up when I spoke to Ricky about this is I wonder, like, does Peyton Royce bring Sean Spears backstage, you know? That might be an issue. <laughs> like, I doubt Renee can bring John Moxley anywhere ever again. <laughs> Guess he's not going to Hall of Fame next year. 
<laughs> Could you imagine if Tim Dean Ambrose shows up at the Hall of Fame in like his mox gear, like just the vest? That would be fucking awesome, actually. I don't that's, that's, an, that's an interesting conversation. Does does WWE and, and Dean Ambrose have some bad blood? I mean, because he he went out the right way. He went out the professional way. He carried his commitments. He did his dates. Um. But then he went off once he was gone. Well, he did go off, you know, but that could that could also just be like, you know, he's trying to get over. Sure. I mean, if if W, I mean, it's not like WWE's kind of suing for anything. Like they're not in a lawsuit. Like if there is that bad blood on WWE's side, I think that's just petty. It's potentially. It's, I, I mean, WWE's which, done petty stuff before. Like Diana Perazzo had has to do. Never meet been and greet. petty before, please. <laughs> <laughs> like so. During uh during um during WrestleMania and we did the access and we had that picture with, I had the picture with Deanna Perrazzo. Like she had to I asked her, I was like, Hey, are you gonna go to the G one supercard where obviously your boyfriend Marty Skrull is wrestling? And she's like, No, I can't. I have to do access here. So I feel like they may not be allowed backstage or they may be like, Oh, Peyton Royce, you have a commitment to do. You know, shit like that. That's different yeah. though. If you have a commitment, you have a commitment. That's completely different. Now, if it's still that's still petty. Now, if, she, if she they're scheduling asked, the commitment to block them from going to another promotion. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, but if she asks, like, "Hey, can I do this?" and then they say no, you know, maybe that's a little petty. But you know, I mean, you, you, your your main priority is still, you know, it's still your job. That's something you still have to do. You have to you have to fulfill your commitments. Sure. Sure. Um, so it's just there's a hypothetical that's obviously something we won't know the answer to unless for some reason we get backstage passes. Yeah, it's, it's fun to speculate. Well, yeah, it is fun to speculate. Right, but can we talk again, about Corey Graves? That, do you want to do you want to talk about it? Do we want do we want to? I'm asking. Do we want to talk about Corey Graves? I mean, we do. We are running a little bit long, uh, but we haven't been on in two weeks, so we could fill some time with with the Corster. Um, I get with the Gravester. Or the grave digger that Ooh. that is Corey Graves, Ooh. who's trying the to grave, bury his uh, his colleagues on Twitter. Oh, he's yeah. digging his own fucking grave by shitting on he, such a national treasure. <laughs> I mean, he, he, is, a, he <laughs> is a national treasure. Marino is a national treasure. But you know, when we were when we were watching back the next day, you know, having Corey Graves' comments in mind, he has a point. You know, Morrow does talk. A lot, a lot. I granted he is the first mic. That is his job. Um, like Ricky talks most on this show because he's the first mic. He's supposed to. But yeah, I think there are times where he overshadows uh, Nigel and Beth, where sometimes they don't talk at all. And it's because he's great. I, yeah, greatness it, overshadows mediocrity. That okay. He also does. I'll agree with that. He also does overshadow mediocrity. But you know, Corey Graves giving that kind of criticism on Twitter to kind of hype up his show and create some controversy for his new podcast. Like, I get it. I mean, even if it is in character, it's still unprofessional, which is, like, I get it. Um, but him getting all this hate and this heat for attacking someone with mental illness, I think you kind of got to slow your roll there and kind of gear back on your anger machine there, internet. I'm going well, to lay into the marks here for a second. Here, here's why I disagree here, and here's why I think they were actually valid. If this, if this instance 
didn't have a direct effect on the mental health of Mara Ranallo, then yes, the internet should back off. But unfortunately, this instance of Corey Graves, whether it was in character or not, and Corey Graves did say he was trying to kind of use that, use the Twitter machine as a potential future angle, which in that case, don't you think you would have told somebody about it? Maybe. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe. But in, in wrestling, sometimes you just go with things, you see if they work or not. Um, but if if his comments and if his criticism, if, it, if his public criticism um, hadn't affected Morrow directly, then yes, the Twitter machine is is uh, in the wrong for us. But unfortunately, this had a direct effect on his on his mental health. And you know, people with anxiety and bipolar, you can put you can put two people in a room with bipolar disorder, and we're gonna look at, and they're gonna look and they're going to act, and it's going to affect them in two completely different ways. So who are we to say that Morrow is taking this? Um, to you know, too harshly, and that he needs to kind of suck it up. We don't know how Mar reacts to things like this. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, not, so- I'm not saying that either because <laughs> because of his mental illness, that's not that's not a fair thing to say. Um, that Morrow shouldn't yeah. be reacting like this. You know, it's not his it's not necessarily his fault that he may or may not be reacting to this. Now, did he come out and say that he deleted his Twitter because of Corey Graves? Was that just kind of people speculating? Like, do we know that for a fact? No, we. Have- <sighs> We we don't we it hasn't come from Morrow himself. All right, then, so we don't we, we have, don't even officially know. It kind of is, people are kind of also kind of assuming. I guess even including Corey verified, Graves. We have verified insiders on Twitter, like we have verified insiders on Twitter, like Brian Alvarez, who is directly connected to WWE, stating that yes, Mar Ronaldo did not do Survivor Series and did not do this week's NXT based on the comments made by Corey Graves. That was a direct uh, correlation. Oh, uh, if it's a, if it was it's also a, if it, apparently described that he handled the situation similar to when JBL bullied him like two years ago, and as we all know, he left because of JBL bullying him. And happen. also, you know, he was he was much better in NXT. Yes, he was. I mean, he was gr- he was great on SmackDown, but JBL was also JBL was also a huge dick to everybody. Yeah. Um, so it 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 makes sense. Um, Corey Graves has did go on his own podcast uh, after the bell, and did make and did do a public apology, saying it was not his intent. And I do believe Corey. I do believe Corey, when he says it wasn't his intent and that he was trying to potentially do an angle. All right, um, Seidberg, you know what I was thinking when I heard that apology? I was like, oh, thank God I didn't what? take that job because I would have had to write that apology. Holy <laughs> <laughs> crap, would have. I would have had to script out that apology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, so I think that's something that Corey and which is really weird because Corey, I believe Corey and Mara used to work together with each other. They did NXT. Um, so you, yeah, and so you think that you'd kind of know when people are joking now, but it's hard to interpret things like text messages. It's hard to interpret Twitter if you're not really there in the moment with that person. Yeah, you know, me and you can see the same can see the same message and interpret it completely different ways, which we do so all it, the it, time. It's <laughs> <laughs> very true. I mean, basically, basically my, my, my whole thing is is obviously um Morrow, I hope he comes back and I hope he I hope he He is slated to return this week on NXT. Good. I hope he gets over it. And honestly, you know, him doing his Twitter and whatever he did, you know, about this might be his process for him personally to come over these attacks like this. You know, which Yeah. He has to do what he's got to do. So if anyone's trying to point fingers at Mario, you can go fuck yourself. But I also think that, you know, people kind of need to back off Corey Graves a little bit, especially because, like, listen, he was trying to do this one thing. It didn't go as well as he planned, obviously. It was, I, I, I think, <laughs> think? A, a, a critique like that 
for a colleague like that, specifically like Maranello, it was highly unprofessional. Um, but this is the wrestling business. It's something you got to think about a little bit more before you put that to a Twitter machine. Yeah, but also I think it's I think it's a fair criticism to make. So, like Mar, it could be, but it's how you present it to that person. So, like if you're a football coach or an athletic coach at all in any way, shape, or form. Um, there are some players who you can ride and be a hard ass on, and there's some players you have to coddle. You got to figure out right. what motivates that player the best. Right. And if being a hard ass on Mar Ronaldo on Twitter isn't the right way to go, <laughs> you shouldn't do that. Yeah, well, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just, I, don't, I don't like. I don't like the idea that Mar Ronaldo is above critiquing because of his condition. I don't think that at all. And I don't think that's what people on Twitter were going for. Okay. You know, I think it was, I mean, I think they were a little bit, mo- they're, they're a little bit, you know, too malicious on, oh, Corey Graves attacked him knowing he has, knowing he was mentally ill. And I mean, Corey Graves, everybody knows Mauro Ronaldo suffers from bipolar. He has a fucking documentary, The Bipolar Rock and Roller, which you can find on YouTube for free, by the way, um, which I found out over the weekend. Um, but... I don't think Corey's intention was to obviously spark his mental illness. Yeah. And he apologized. So it's like, internet, yeah. pull off, move on. All right? He'll be back. It's fine. You know. Worst <laughs> things Marl's are going to happen back. in wrestling. Yeah, Morrow's coming back. We had Facebook me, face fuck me Phillips um, substituted for him on NXT <laughs> last <laughs> week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder if he's still married to that person. Probably not. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> but you I forgot never know. about that whole thing too. Oh, that was that was a great controversy. It was. That was a great controversy in and of itself. Uh, but moving on to the Survivor Series main card, um, and we'll go through this a little bit quicker. Um, because there was a lot of great matches. The NXT women won the women's um Survivor Series uh you know match against Raw and SmackDown which again was won by Rhea Ripley holy shit Rhea Ripley is having the best week ever hey. you know she's obviously going to challenge Shayna Baszler for that title at some point down the road and I can foresee Rhea Ripley becoming the first ever uh woman to win the NXT UK and the regular NXT women's title I think she's earned it at this point I mean, she's been solidifying herself since she debuted, like in between the Mayon Classic and her performance in UK and now coming to America. Like she deserved all of the accolades she's received in the last like two weeks. And she was the first ever NXT Women's Champion, not Tony Storm, mm-hmm. uh, folks. Um, so we kept we keep on talking about who's going to be big enough to beat Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler has put herself on such a higher pedestal than everybody else in the NXT Women's Division. Who can fathomably actually knock down Shayna Baszler? They have finally created a character in Rhea Ripley that makes it look believable that she can take out Shayna Baszler, especially because she pinned Shayna Baszler on Saturday at War Games. So now it makes perfect sense thank god have <laughs> so fucking lootly so nxc took a great lead uh then you had uh what was another great match on the triple threat the mid-card triple threat which will Ooh. i think you which i think you can agree with me slow starting but when it got going holy fuck it got going oh yeah yeah i was 
No, I think I said this on the way out. Like, I was a little concerned for that match because Adam Cole, like, had to rise from the dead. And, like... No, mid-card triple threat. Mid-card. Oh, sorry. Um, Shins- Shinsuke, yeah, yeah. AJ, uh, Roddy. Um, with a new intercontinental belt, by the way. No, I don't think I don't think it was a little slow. I thought I thought the uh, I thought that description would more fit the NXT title match, um, the, which was the match of the week. Yes, the the, the, tri- the triple threat match was was solid two and th- like through and through. I thought from from bell to bell it was a very solid match. I can't really remember anything crazy that happened. Um, I just remember Roddy stealing the stealing the pin. That, that was great. Yeah, but you know it was it was three <laughs> it was three technicians putting on a technical classic. Like what else do you want? It was great. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It, it was. was it was delivered as advertised. And congratulations to Roderick Strong, his first main roster pay per view. He beats Shinsuke Nakamura. Mister ROH beats the King of Strong Style from New Japan, and pretty much the guy who kept TNA afloat <laughs> for so long. TNA. AJ Styles. <laughs> 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 like what a moment! And Survivor Series was full of those first time moments. You think of Survivor Series being the pay per view where you have a lot of people debut. Well, guess what? NXT debuted at Survivor Series, and everybody is better for it. Um, but let's move along to what I consider the match of the week, which is hard to do because there were so many great matches. Adam Cole and Pete Dunne for the NXT title on a main roster show, and not only a main roster show, Survivor Series pay-per-view, one of the big four. Wow. What a match. Yeah. I, I don't even know huh. what else to say. It, what a match. Wowzers in my trousers. <laughs> Especially because Adam Cole almost died the night before, mm-hmm. and then Pete Dunn sent out the tweet: "Adam Cole's dead. I win by default." It was perfect. <laughs> and then they put on, they do a lot of chain wrestling, and then all of a sudden they just they turn it up to eleven really quickly. How is Adam Cole alive? I don't know. And apparently, he did this. He did that whole weekend with a broken wrist. Yeah. yeah. Which is insane. Like, absolutely insane. Like how? There's someone with Pete Dunn as well in Chicago. When Pete Dunn is in Chicago, where it would be TakeOver, where it would be Survivor Series, Pete Dunn just puts on a show. And it totally would have been believable if Pete Dunn beat Adam Cole, but I'm glad they did not, they did not let that happen. Although I would like to see one day Pete Dunn with the NXT title. Because I think he also deserves it. He has done so much for not only NXT, but NXT UK. And when he was on the North American title scene for a little bit, Pete Dunne is amazing. And he's only like 25. One of the best wrestlers of the decade, for Dude, sure. Dude, Ripley's 23. Yeah. That's insane. Like, what? I'm, 20, I'm almost 25. <laughs> like, like, like what? <laughs> yeah, no, it is, it is totally insane. What they have been doing, and just to, and I mean, Adam Cole is, well, actually, before we talk about Adam Cole a little bit more and his historic, pretty much run in the month of November, let's listen to what Adam Cole had to say after his Survivor Series win uh, with uh, Kathy Kelly in this locker room exclusive. 
Well, you have had quite a 24 hours, but given what you went through both physically and mentally last night, a lot of people questioned whether you could pull out that win and retain the NXT championship tonight. What do you have to say to them? Uh, yeah, it's not new to me being questioned. Uh, my entire career, people have said, no, no, Adam Cole can't be a world champion. Adam Cole won't be a world champion. And I knew deep down that I was going to prove everybody wrong and spit in their face while doing it. This past month, not 24 hours, but month, I have shown the world that I'm the best pro wrestler on the planet. Nobody is better than me. No championship is more prestigious. I proved that at Survivor Series, and I will continue over and over and over again to prove it. Hurt or not, banged up or not, nobody can stop me because I am the freaking man. I am the freaking show, and most notably, I am undisputed. Adam Cole's the best wrestler in the world right now. <laughs> Hands down, point blank, period. Name name anybody who's had a better month than Adam Cole. Uh, no way, Let's Jose. Come on now. <laughs> he is thriving out. right now. He was on Raw. Let's, let's think about this real quick. He went up and did a technical classic for the NXT title with Daniel Bryan, who again is a technical wizard and won clean. Beat Daniel Bryan clean. Um, then a couple of days later, he went up against Seth Rollins, which Seth's had better days. Mm. <laughs> and had a great match. War games. Uh, but he did all right. So just in the last in the week leading into Survivor Series, he had a ladder match. People forget about the ladder match on NXT against Donovan Donovan uh, Dijakovic. That was a really good match. Two days later, he's in War Games. The day after, he's going up against Pete Dunne, and he wins all of those. Yeah, three a bunch of varying different wrestling styles and different performance, and he shined brighter than all of them. If he's not top, if he's not the best wrestler in the world right now. He's he's inarguably but a top five wrestler in the world. Now he's number one. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, I mean, and that promo does long because if you listen to that, like listen to that promo again if you're if you listen to the show, that's coming. That promo's coming from a real place. That he is, he is, he is very, very frustrated. A lot of that energy and a lot of that hate that you that you felt, a lot of that, I guess, animosity that was coming from his his mouth and that you heard in his voice, it's coming from a real place. That's what makes that promo so good because there's a lot of hurt that came that came from out of that promo of things that were probably legitimately said to him. Because you look at Adam Cole, Adam Cole's not a big dude. He's very small. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's not Daniel Bryan small, but he's pretty small. You know, um, so it's it's very easy to believe that people said, you'll never be a world champion. You don't look the part. You can't wrestle good enough. All you are is an all you are is like a gimmick, an Adam Cole baby. And he has put the wrestling world on fire in this last month. And kudos to him. Absolute kudos to him. Someone else is putting the wrestling world on fire. Um, Keith Lee. What a moment on Sunday or a couple Sundays ago for Keith Lee in the men's war games match. Speaking of spots galore, he pinned Seth Rollins and he almost pinned Roman Reigns to win the match. It was awesome. And the place almost blew up. 
And contrary to popular belief, Philium from Who Got Next, I was not Keith Lee. That was actually legitimately the real Keith Lee in the ring. Will can vouch for me. He was sitting right next to me. I he did Ricky disappeared for like an hour. <laughs> that lemonade stand line was really long. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Golden um, black baby. Yeah, I mean, also um, Matt Riddle pinned Randy Orton in that match as well. Oh yeah, that was insane. That was like the one of my biggest surprises of the whole night. My biggest surprise, or one of the biggest surprises, was how much the crowd loved Walter, and how much yeah, Vince I was doesn't. Astounded by that. <laughs> Vince jobbed his ass out. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck was that all about? I don't think anybody expected him to give that strong of a reaction. Yeah, because, because he's shown up in America in the past and no one's really given a fuck. Yeah. But he got he got a hero's welcome. But I mean, him versus Braun, I was like, yes, I want more of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was it was so good. All right, um, Halo finished downloading. Let's wrap this shit up. Oh please! <laughs> <laughs> Whatever highlights we're gonna take from uh, from War Games. I mean, like, sorry, when Keefley hit the spirit bomb on Roman, I legitimately thought it was over. And then he hit the moonsault, and the place was losing him. Um, rumor has it, and I it's probably true. Fucking Vince McMahon is like in love with Keefley. You can tell by the spot he got. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but if you think about the Keith Lee character, what more do you want out of your superstar? He's a massive individual. He's got charisma for days. He can cut a promo, and he has a very distinct voice. You know if Vince is in the back is going, damn it, if only he was right. <laughs> 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 or better, he's, he's looking at Mark Henry and be like, how come you never could do that? <laughs> like, uh, can we change your name? Keith? Ugh. <laughs> Keith? <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> God, change your name, pal. <laughs> your name is He's your also- name is Lee. <laughs> Ew. Keith Lee Langston. <laughs> Brother Lee of Biggie. <laughs> I'm gonna call you oh my God, Bigger he- E. <laughs> I, can, I can see that happening too. Yeah, episode title Bigger E. Bigger E. I think that will be the episode title Bigger E Mac and Cheese. <laughs> oh my god. But also Keefley's very marketable. He has um he's got the whole limitless legion thing going. That's 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 a whole that's a whole line of clothing right there that you can put that Limitless Legion um, logo and things on. People will eat that up. I'll be buying the shit out of it. But we cannot talk about obviously Takeover and uh, and Survivor Series without talking about that women's main event. Even though we glossed over it a little bit more, but I do want to talk about it a little bit. Uh, obviously, Shayna won because Shayna had the win and solidified and still keep her keep her dominance is probably one of the best female champions if not the best female champion in all of wrestling um but let's talk about after the match becky decided to go on a rampage and quote-unquote get her heat back or or get her momentum back and it just felt like to me it was displaced and kate what did you think about it when you were watching the show i um 
So I was very frustrated to have the women's main event was just because it fell flat. You know, like you were saying, the crowd was disinterested. It made me at home less interested. And then when nobody came for Becky at the end of it, it just it that didn't make sense to me. And then Becky pulled a Seth and started yelling and cursing. And it just I don't know. It's making her look bad. I feel like she looks like a sore loser. And and since then, we have not seen Becky. She's been off TV. For, she was the dark match on Raw this week, apparently. Really? She was the dark match against uh, Kyrie Sane. Ooh. Yeah, I wish I, that was on TV. And she did a WWE.com exclusive, and she was complaining about, you know, not being on TV for two weeks. That she's the champion. She hasn't been able to defend the title in two months. And she says she has one more debt to collect. And she's like, Interesting. And she said, I asked for the match. They won't give it to me. Interesting. Yeah. Very, very interesting. That was today. What a difference a year makes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think the, the, the Becky Lynch thing is running stale, but I think it's because they haven't given her new people to deal with. Yeah. She has, she has no you one know, to dance with. Because there yeah, are very few somebody. people worth it for her. Well, have her elevate somebody. Give somebody else a chance. Like, Becky Lynch should do but Becky Lynch open challenge. Worked wonders for people. And then at some point down the road, you'll find, she'll find a person that will match her. Who like, do you here's think what you can be? do. You do the Becky Lynch open challenge. You have that run all the way till maybe Rumble or even post-Rumble. Becky Lynch holds the title post-Rumble. She says, and, and then the post-Rumble Raw... Wow, post-Rumble Raw, that's a great tongue twister. Um, she goes, I'm still doing the open challenge. Whoever wants some can come get some, you know, John Cena, yada, yada, yada. And then you bring out Rousey. See, no. I think Rousey's going to show up in the Rumble. Rousey wins the Rousey wins the Rumble. Yeah. You have Roman and Ronda win the Rumbles. Ooh, interesting. A lot of people think Shane is going to win the Rumble, but it has to be Ronda. Well, Shane would have to drop. Yeah. Beforehand, Shana Wink, which Shana there is going to be a mistake, which um, there, there is going to be no takeover at uh, the Rumbles. It's going to be Worlds Collide. The next takeover is actually going to be in Portland on February. I think it's on your birthday, Will. Ooh. Um, so instead of celebrating Will's birthday, you're all going to watch Takeover at an undisclosed location. Perfect. <laughs> I want. I want to go to Nashville. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I, I think it was kind of weird, especially the whole Becky curse. Like, this is my fucking show. This is my fucking belt, which is blatantly heard on the audio. And you can you can read her lips. Um, so it was it was just a weird way to end the show. And it really did nothing to save the main events. And it ended so abruptly, too, which just didn't make sense. Yeah. You, it was like someone else. Did. Like, I would have loved to have seen a returning Nia Jax because that would have made sense um, or something. And it was, we got nothing. So it's kind of a dull end, but overall Survivor Series was great, fun-filled, action-packed. Um, the fallout has been kind of lackluster. We've kind of been treading water until TLC, which is like fucking next week. Um, at and there's this point. no card. There is like no card, but who cares? Because after next week, we are going to be talking about uh, our nominations for the best of this year. Yes, I'm talking about the Crown Jewel Award Show. Um, I forgot all about be the them. <laughs> I was gonna, t I was gonna tell you in the car, but I totally forgot about it because I probably went to sleep. Um, 
<laughs> and I was like, we really need to start planning out uh, what categories are going to be in what. But we have some time before we do that. Um, but for right now, before we start thinking about nominations and getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, we're going to take a quick commercial break and talk about some uh, some new things going on in WWE and how each and every week on Mondays, you can now feel the power on your podcast. So we'll be right back. Greetings, one and all. This is your prime minister speaking, your favorite Canadian Mr. Fretz from the Game Changer Podcast. You are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. What's up, everyone? This is Mike number two of the Kings of the Rings podcast, a.k.a. Will Tarashuk, a.k.a. the founder, a.k.a. the proprietor. And you guys, do you have $5? I'm employed now, so I can afford $5 a month. And if you can afford just five American dollars a month, that's an Abraham Lincoln, not the brass one. You can get some great content on our Wrestle Addict Radio Patreon page with awesome content, including Wrestle Wars, where me, yours truly, goes back to the Monday Night Wars and goes week by week and see who really one in my scoring system. You have Watch the Throne with our own King Ricky Rose and a bunch of other content, mainly Jeff talking about his tattoos. So join us for $5 a month on the Wrestle Addict Radio Patreon page. You won't regret it. You're going to love it. And we're going to love having you. Peace. What's up, guys? This is Nate the Effin Great, yielding to royalty because you are listening to the Kings of the Rings only on Wrestle Addict Radio. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome back once again, Kings of the Rings podcast exclusively here on WrestleAddict Radio. So we were talking about a couple weeks ago how it is ring season and ring season is officially going to come to a close because the Wrestling Podcast Awards are coming up. Uh, we're going to be this Sunday, December 8th, exclusively on YouTube, hosted by former host of the Rant with Ant Wrestling Show, uh, Mr. Rant himself, the Rant Father, as people like to call him, Anthony DeStefano, uh, along with some of his uh, new co-hosts and members from the Rant. So they are going to be hosting the Wrestling Podcast Awards. I forgot exactly what time the show is going to be airing on YouTube Live, but when I do get that information, we'll be posting it on all of our uh, pages. Uh, voting is obviously closed. Uh, like like mentioned previously, we are specifically nominated six times. Uh, the brand Wrestlatic Radio in and of itself was nominated 24 times. So I'm really hoping we get to go to a strip club um, and bring home some trophies uh, because of it. Uh, be but as it may, uh, we do have some unfortunate news, obviously. And it's news that we kind of saw coming. It just wasn't made public until uh, the Monday Night Delight, you know, the... Pretty much the elder statesman of Wrestle Addict Radio, uh, Mr. Mance Chapel is the host of that one-man show. He does fantastic work on everything he's uh, doing. Well, the unfortunately, the gift of podcast, which is the name of the show, show on debuting every Monday night, is unfortunately coming to an end uh, for some very unfortunate reasons. Obviously, um, if anybody has ever listened to the show, um, Mance is very open about how his mother died of cancer and how his father um, was going through chemo treatments uh, because he had gotten cancer himself. Um, and unfortunately, Mance revealed that his father is going to be stopping chemo um, very, very soon. And so it just means that there's only a matter of time that Mance has left with his father. Um, 
and a lot of the reason why Mance kept this show going. Besides that, it has been not only in Wrestlatic Radio, but it was also part of the Ramadan family when it was up, um, was for his father. His father loved the show. His father loved that Mance was doing something with wrestling, and his father is the reason that Mance actually watched wrestling um, in the first place. And um, unfortunately, Mance's father's life is uh, going to be coming to an end probably sooner than anybody would have expected. And um, Mance has decided on his own that he is going to cease doing the show. Um, and it is going to end. I selfishly hope that it's only a temporary thing. Um, that's just coming from me just because I know the person that Mance is. And I know that Mance is an amazing individual and an amazing podcaster and an even better person and an ex- excellent father. Um, but I know that this is something that is going to devastate him a lot. And I understand how he would lose motivation to do the show. Um, and I'm okay with that. And, and, and it makes sense. And all we can do right now is just continue to listen to his show until the very end. Um, support him as much as possible. If you know Mance personally, sending him a text, shooting him a tweet, let him know you're thinking about him. Um, the holiday season is going to be really hard for him and not and a lot of other people as well who especially in my life i don't know who have personally lost people around the summer it's their first time experiencing the holiday season without a father without a mother um so you know if there's something that you learn from this segment right here is that reach out to your to some of your friends especially let them know that you're thinking about them let them let them know that you you care and that you're there for them because you never know what just saying hi might do to a person's day. Um, to Mance, we love you, dude. Uh, we are going to wish you the best. The gift of podcast is going to end with the year 2019. And like I said, selfishly, I, I hope and I cross my fingers and I pray that one day it'll return. But that's all going to be up to Mance. Does any of you guys have anything else to add? I'm going to miss him. I love his show. His show is one of my favorites. And he's just an overall, such a sweet man. He's an awesome overall human being. And I wish him and his family the best. Yeah. It's just such a sad situation. Ditto. Everything ditto. You know, Mance is, um, am I even, where are my audio levels? Are you still going? Are you still going? Echo. Okay, you're still going. Oh, they are still here. I don't know. I'm not seeing any levels though. But anyway, Mance, Mance <laughs> is an incredible, an incredible person, incredibly talented podcaster, you know, um, I love Mantis' show just for his voice. The man has an incredible voice. Um, absolutely. absolutely. And the solo shows are incredibly hard to do. Anyone who can do a solo show, talk for that long, and keep me specifically engaged in what you're saying, that is very difficult. And that takes a very special kind of broadcaster to be able to do that. And Mance is one of those people. Um so I'm going to miss him as a talent. I'm going to miss him as a friend. Um, but again, it's – I also hope he returns. I hope him the best. And if he doesn't return, I totally get it. You know, it's hard. It's very hard to bounce back from something like that. Um, but, man, just know you are completely 100% irreplaceable, and you always have a home back here at Wrestle Act Radio, um, the number one spot for wrestling, entertainment, podcasting. <laughs> um, 
I wish him nothing but the best. The only podcast network that matters. Yeah, yeah, I, I do too. What What was great about Mans, and I, you know, and this is going to be our little homage to Mans, um, because it's going to be a lot more difficult to do it once it gets closer to the end. Um, was that he didn't only bring you into wrestling, he brought you into his life. Mm. And and how his life was affected by wrestling. There's an episode in his archives of Get the Podcast where he talks about bringing his daughter to his first to her first NXT live event. Um, there's a discussion um, in in there where he talks about how wrestling is the reason he wanted to get back in shape, and he had a whole mini series called Ring Shape, a mini series on a one man show. <laughs> you know (laughs) about another thing that he was doing and he takes you through his his keto diet and how he remarkably lost over 50 pounds in about a six month span by staying dedicated to the diet so it's not just about wrestling you 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 gotta you got a glimpse into the life of man this is a man who is living in the deep south um and in an interracial marriage, which is hard in and of itself, especially in that region of the country, with um, I think I want to say three to four children. One of his daughters just got accelerated a grade. Which congratulations to that man's. That's something you can hold your hand. Yeah, I saw that on. too. I'm like, how the uh, hell would that happen? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know they still accelerated kids a grade. Yeah, his his daughter got accelerated into the fourth grade. So um, that's amazing. That's yeah. So congratulations to you, man, for that. Um, so it, it, it's very rare that podcasters can do that and make it relatable and make you be like, oh, wow. If I saw Mance on the street, I feel like I can have a great conversation with him. And Mance did that elo- eloquently. So let's all take a deep breath, um, because that's a very it's a very saddening uh, topic that that Mance is going to be unfortunately leaving us. But let's bring us to opportunity, um, like we mentioned before, with uh, the unfortunate uh, departure of um, both of our one man shows are leaving. Um, so so the uh, Dodge Mama Soap Robert has officially closed its doors. Get the podcast is leaving. There is going to be opportunity. There's going to be an open casting call. I'm going to be doing some research. I'm going to be talking to people to join Wrestle Addict Radio. And we are like Will said, the only place and the only network that fucking matters for wrestling podcasts. And we are a varied source of wrestling content. And we're looking for a lot of varied individuals with varied perspectives on wrestling. And we want to be something for everybody where we can talk wrestling all the time, 24 7, 365, not taking breaks after SummerSlam and going all the way until the next year and coming back when we think it's fucking convenient. We talk about wrestling during the good, during the bad. Um, and everything fucking in between. So if you have that same passion like we do, and I know there's some people out there listening that do that, please hit me up, hit any of us up, say, hey, I heard you got a spot opening at WrestleAddict Radio. I'm going to be committed to the cause to talk about wrestling 24-7, 365, not taking breaks in the fall. Um, Who's that that (laughs) shot at? And we'll see. Who's that shot at? There's not shot at all. I'm just saying. No. <laughs> there is no off season in wrestling. God damn there it. There is no off season. So there's no off season in our wrestling podcast. So um, if you want to be a part of the cause, we are going to be, um, you know, more, more streamlined, not more streamlined, but more strategic. And what we do next year, please hit us up. We will be um, looking for you. Cause we know you're out there We're watching you. We are always watching. Anywho, moving on to some other podcast news. <clears throat> now that I've got that heat off of my shoulder, um, 
The New Day have just launched their podcast. It's called Feel the Power. Surprise, surprise. Um, it's kind of really interesting because everybody knows I'm a massive New Day mark. Anybody who knows me mm-hmm. knows I'm a New Day mark. For a while, I had every New Day shirt that ever came Jesus out. Jesus Christ. I, I stopped. I stopped a couple of years ago. <laughs> but I almost had all of them. Um, and it's really weird, especially interesting to think about the New Day have been a group for five years. Their anniversary this couple was the other day, actually. Yes, it that's that's wrestling eternity. Factions don't last that long. I don't believe DX lasted that long in any of its incarnations. Nope. I don't think the NWO even lasted that long at all uh, as a whole. Ninety six to oh one. That's five. Okay, okay, that's five. But it was like many what different ways. There was NBA, NWO Red. You know, ask Mance. All right, he's the guy to ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so for them to stay as a unit and as a faction and be the original members of that faction, really hard to do in wrestling. I don't think it's ever been done. Someone's got to do it. Even the four, even the four horsemen got replaced. That's true. <laughs> you know, um, so I, I do want to harp on this because I was listening to a show on my way to work, my return to work after being gone for like a month, a week and a half. Um and they talked about their first episode talks about how they came to be a faction and the struggles that they had getting through creative and the different levels of writers and eventually getting to Vince and all the different things that they pushed. So it was true. They did say that they that they were thinking about doing something sort of like a new age nation of domination. Okay, so that, that that rumor is technically true. They explain it in a lot more detail, a lot more comical detail. But what I want to harp on is they, like I said, they take you through the creative process and what they had to do and the months that they had to fight with creative to even get them together as people on TV. So Xavier Woods says that, you know, they, they, had, they proposed this idea um, and the proposal went something like this. There are three archetypes that black people play in wrestling you have a big strong black guy like a mark henry or a biggie you have the foreign black guy like kofi kingston played and then you have the dancing black guy like xavier woods played and they said we want to be a group that is none of those that none of those archetypes and we want to be a group that is you know just whatever we are and that we want to show other people that you can be whatever you want to be in wrestling and so that was their pitch that was like their final pitch so they finally go a couple of weeks. They get into a room with Vince. <laughs> Vince is like, I've heard your pitch. Sorry for the delay, but I think I've got it. I think I've got the perfect thing for you guys. And they're all really excited. They're like bright eyed and bush. They're like, oh, he's got something for us. <clears throat> he's like, yeah, I think you're going to love it. Everybody's going to go crazy about it. And they're like, what is it? And he's like, you're going to be preachers. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, what <laughs> like like still with like a smile on her face like i guess he didn't get it <laughs> but it's like it's one of those things where like he's so dedicated to to the idea that you can't say no <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so they had to run with it because then the, in the end they said you know what it was an opportunity for us to be on tv and we had to make the best of it mm-hmm. amen to that <laughs> you know, and that's just the first episode. The next episode, they're going to reveal the list of names that they were almost called. Like one of them was called The Beat. They're almost called The Beat, like B-E-A-T. Interesting. <laughs> um, there's one, there's another one that's, um, 
I think it was called like the Million Man March or something like that. Oh my god! No, there <laughs> was the not man, the Million Man the, March or the Million Man Militia Ooh, <laughs> or something like that. God. The not sorority. as bad as what? <laughs> not as bad. <laughs> yes, Mrs. Rody. Not as bad as um, when Co- Kobe revealed that he was almost going to be called King. He was almost going to be King of the Ring. Oh. Which would have been horrible because he would have been King Kofi Kingston. KKK. So, you can understand why that was nixed really quickly. Just imagine for a moment if that happened, though. We'd be playing another game of Is This Racist? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That one, that one's totally blatantly racist. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all know Kofi would have gone to Twitter and released himself, um, and go out on a rant and call himself a slave name. Yeah, I'm so glad um, I wasn't on that show that week. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh man. Um. So yeah, shout out to the new day. I, I think their show is phenomenal. I think they have something here. It gives Xavier Woods something else to do. Um, and they're really funny. They are absolutely hysterical when they're just talking off the cuff. They talk so much that they had to cut it short. Which, speaking of cutting it short, let's wrap this up a little bit. Um, but also shout out to the New Day. So, match of the last couple of weeks. Will, go. Uh, uh, Adam Cole, Pete Dunn. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, Kate Murphy. Women's War Games. Ooh. I- I'm also going to go Adam Cole, Pete Dunn because it stole the show. An NXT match stole the show. At Survivor Series. That's all you need to know. Goddamn right. Yeah. Um, this is going to be harder. King of the Knights. You got a lot to choose from. Um, Kate Murphy. Rhea Ripley. I'm not surprised. No, he couldn't be. Oh, <laughs> not surprised at all. Um, Mr. Tarashock. It's got to be Kevin Owens. Um, as much as I want to give it to Adam Cole, dude... Um, it's it has to be Kevin Owens because it's his his raw emotion. You went steals the deal for it for me. This wasn't on camera on TV when he went up after the ramp after the show off the air and he kissed the and NXT he kissed logo. The NXT side. Like that that steal the deal for me. That steal the deal for me because that was it was real. It was passionate and it was everything wrestling should be. Yeah, yeah. Couple of news and notes. Uh, AEW existed this week. Oh, we yeah. Totally forgot to talk. Totally forgot to talk about that. Um, they did a festival of friendship, which was cool, um, and, and and great. And they uh, they wrestled for a for a diamond ring, which Will has a lot of opinions about. Sounds like my dating life. <laughs> <laughs> wrestling, wrestling for, for a diamond, diamond ring. ring. <laughs> the story of Kate Murphy. <laughs> God, that's actually really good. Thank you. <laughs> See, I I know we I know I knew we were supposed to harp on AEW. We got so into talking about about some other stuff, but yeah, pretty much festival of friendship happened. Great segment, um, and MJF and and Hangman Page battled for a diamond ring, which means absolutely nothing. Also, real quick, Cody Rhodes is apparently trying to get a lot of the old WCW names back. Like he's trying to get Super Brawl. Um, he's trying to get Great American Bash. Uh, Bash of the Beach is happening in January. So there's a lot of weird things can going we, on in AEW. Just, Will it succeed? C- Who okay. Knows? AEW, you have one job. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you have two jobs, but it's the second job's kind of the same thing as the first job. One. Don't be WWE. 
You're doing pretty good at that, all right? You're different. You're different enough. You're a little more edgy. You say shit on TV. It's great. But part two of that job is don't be WCW, which they're being WCW. Because <laughs> uh, 1996, I don't know if I covered this in Wrestle Wars yet. It might, might, might not be there yet. I still have to record a few episodes. I'm sorry. I'm falling behind. Um, but there's this thing called the War of the Ring. And I've only seen this thing fought for once. And do you know who won? DDP. Ooh. Let that sink in. For all right? AEW, <laughs> you're doing us dirty. You're already kind of boring. <laughs> it's been two months in one pay-per-view. <laughs> NXT has caught you in the ratings and they're not looking back. I'm waiting for 83 weeks, all right? <laughs> I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for 80, the new podcast, 84 weeks, where Conrad just interviews Triple H and sucks his dick for four months. <laughs> But yes, that's what's going on on the AEW front. Do we have any other news and notes before we get out of here? I have a headache. I want to play Halo. Of course you do. Kate Murphy, do you have anything? I don't think anything else happened. I have no memes. No, nothing. I have no no theories. No, nothing else happened. Well, that's good. I'm going to go back eventually once we stop this podcast and begin to plan my... uh, the hotel, or should I say, condo on a country club, but I'm going to be staying out in Tampa um, for WrestleMania week. So if you're listening to this, biddies in future Wrestle Bay, I've got a room. Um, <laughs> anywho, anywho, let's wrap this up and get the fuck out of here. I'm glad we're all back um, and, in, and in good health and we survived November and, and our families and, and stuffing turkeys because I believe Kate got her turkey stuffed. Isn't that right, Kate? Yeah, goddamn right I did. That's disgusting. Anywho, (laughs) let's move along. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Kings of the Rings podcast, episode number 175. Well, what's our title? Um, Bigger E. Bigger E. Bigger E. Yes, Bigger E. And WWE showed that they are the Bigger E this past couple of weeks with a stellar Survivor Series weekend and NXT War Games that will not soon be forgotten. And NXT is officially now the third brand. So AEW, the ball is in your court. Don't do another diamond ring thing like WCW. Oh, wait, you already did that. So plan B? Who knows? Anywho, I've been your host, King Ricky Rose. Find me on Basher Biggs on all social media. Find the Kings of the Rings podcast on social media at KOTR underscore podcast. Listen to us each and every week on Wrestle Addict Radio by subscribing to Wrestle Addict Radio um, on iTunes, um, your Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. Uh, and Google Podcasts, just to name a few. We also have an exclusive Kings of the Rings podcast only stream on SoundCloud if you want to listen to our entire archive of stuff. And also, you probably should be hearing our name this Sunday at the Wrestle Podcast Awards, um, hosted by Anthony Randestefano, as we are nominated six times. And Wrestle Attic Radio, in and of itself, is nominated 24 times. So hopefully we're bringing back some gold. And if that is the case we are going to a strip club yes um and again also last but not least find wrestling radio social at adding underscore wrestle on twitter and wrestling radio on instagram and facebook will tear shock all, all i want is one award all right i'm like patrick star here right all i want 
is one award. <laughs> I'll even take an award that says Squidward Tennis Balls or ten uh, Tortellini, all right? I just, I, I just want <laughs> one award. I want to be able to walk into work, chest puffed, and say, guess what, guys? I'm a fucking podcast award winner, all right? Squidward. You can suck my dick and cash my paycheck. Kate Murphy, how you doing? <laughs> I have the same feeling, actually. I just want to, like, gloat <laughs> and tell everyone that I have an award-winning podcast. So it That's is very me. true. So it is me, the Queen Me, the HBIC, the Kate Murphy. Find me on Instagram at the Kate Murphy and on Twitter at underscore the Kate Murphy. And binging Disney Plus for the rest of my life. Of course you are. Also, I found out this today. I heard radio has their own podcast award, so we should try to get people nominating us for that as well. But who knows what's going to happen um, in the next several weeks. Depending on how Sunday goes, we'll either have a really excited podcast or a really depressed one. We'll see where that ball drops. But until then, folks, this is Kings of the Rings Podcast. I'm your host, King Ricky Rose, and we will be seeing you next week. Goodbye, good night, and of course... Fuck you, Slack. That poor kid.